Hey, welcome to today's podcast. I'm your host, Sean Provence. And today we're continuing along a conversation that we've had again for the past couple episodes. The conversation relates back to my principle that I coach my clients to success in, which is the, it's rooted in this concept I call the success formula or the triple A multiplier. The idea is that whatever you're going to get out of your life and your business with your goals, whatever you're going to get, it really comes down to you finding a balance between the level of activity that you put in and the level of your skills multiplied by, or I should say to the, to the exponential power of the environment that you put yourself in. So whatever you're doing will be only multiplied by the level of ability that you bring to the table and then further enhanced by the environment that you're in, the people, the relationships, the support, the, the area that you live, the people who you network and connect with. So today, what, what I wanna do is I wanna continue along this conversation. So far we've talked about what it is that you're aiming to achieve, your goals. We've talked about the, the action you take, the, the steps every day, the, the waking up and getting out the door, the hitting the gym, the, the number of calls you make, the, the thing that you do that puts gas in the engine. And today I wanna to talk about the level of your ability. So literally like the engine itself, the level of efficiency you have at the, the tasks you need to do to make the results happen. So I'm gonna just share transparently that I did not start out my, my life or my journey in real estate and business in general, really putting a lot of weight into this. Uh, maybe I'm a slow learner. The truth is, is that I kind of had this moment about four years into my business where I realized that what I was doing wasn't working. I had a really hard, um, I, I, I had to live through a really challenging moment in order to, to come to that realization. And it's a big part of why I've shaped so much of my life about trying to get better and understand what I can do, not just to have a great business and, and you know, be healthy and, and live a good lifestyle, but to better everything, my self-confidence, how I feel, how I show up. And um, I remember really clearly, I was, I was working <clears throat> at, like, at, at a brokerage, obviously. I was about four years into my real estate career. And my business had been this roller coaster for the first four years that I was running it. Like, I, I never really knew where my next deal was coming from. I was always chasing clients, but a lot of them were falling off the map. I didn't have any system whatsoever. And I definitely didn't feel as though I had any ability to run my business in a predictable manner. So everything was just kind of a surprise. And I was, I was at this point where I hadn't had a closing in months, like three or four months, I hadn't had a deal close. And that's scary, right? Like you, you're watching the whole time that you're doing things, you're watching your bank account kind of go down and down and down. I was racking stuff up on my credit card because I wanted to just keep some cash and keep some credit available. I had rent that was due. I think I was actually behind the better part of a month on rent and I was like, Thank God I've got this one closing coming. I had this $22,000 check, it was a big deal, and that was gonna carry me through. It was gonna help me cover my expenses with my, my business partner because we were running the business together. I was gonna get a little piece, I was gonna chalk some out for rent, I was gonna do the, you know, do the credit card payment, the minimum, and I, I should be okay. 
as long as I wrote a couple more deals soon afterwards and that would kind of like just get me through. I was always in this rhythm it felt like and um, and so anyways, a big day came, the property closed, thank goodness, and I went to pick up my paycheck, $22,000 paycheck. Mr. Unorganized, right? I, I didn't know before that, that when I had big paychecks come through at my brokerage, they took multiple fees off it. It was them, they're like, hey, you know, like you haven't closed much in a while, buddy. And in addition to that, this is like three normal deals. So what happened was my $22,000 check got whittled down to a little over 7,000 bucks. And I remember I was sitting there holding this check. I opened it up and my hands just started to like sweat and I had this pit in my stomach. I was panicking. I was straight up panicking. And I, I'm like going through all this stuff in my head, right? Like you just start to race. So I'm like, well, how am I gonna pay my rent? How am I gonna cover my credit card? I'm gonna be late. It's gonna affect my credit. What about this? What about that? How the heck am I even gonna get groceries? And I kind of went through the stages of remorse, right? Like I, was, I denied it at first. I was like, no, this is a screw up. And then I looked at it and I was like, ah, oh, crap. This is actually, the numbers all line up. This isn't a mistake or a typo. And then I got mad. I got mad at my broker and I was like, how the hell do they do this? Like, don't they know that this affects people? And like, what gives them the right to take these extra fees? And then I, I fortunately was smart enough to kind of slow down and say like, okay, well, you know what? Like, let's also look in, internally, like what the hell am I doing that I'm four years in business. Not only do I not have a paycheck coming up, but the one that I was counting on, I didn't even know how they were gonna calculate this. Like, you know what? I think I can say shame on me, right? So I got angry at me and I spent some time there. I was like, this sucks. I need to smarten up. And, and I remember that I sat there for quite a while. I was just like staring at this stupid check. And I made a choice in that moment that I wasn't going to continue trying to figure things out on my own. See, up until then, and, and before even in my career, I'd always been the creative type, right? Like I, I was the, the kid who played music through high school and like my parents were hippies. Like I was always kind of like, you know, the artsy type, making things up, figuring it out as I went. And I took the same approach to real estate, which was really fun. It was really rewarding. Cause I was like, I, I was trailblazing. Everything was new. It was an experiment. We were figuring it out as we went. And what that meant was that I wasn't following any models or systems. I wasn't learning from anyone. Everything was an experiment. I would try different things all the time. Tons of them would flop because these aren't proven things. This was just me winging it. And then there were probably some that I tried that could have been amazing, but I didn't stick with it long enough because I was just always on to the next thing. So I, I sat there and I was just like, that's it. There are people who have done this before me and there are people who have done this before me at a high level. And I'm not gonna allow myself to continue just experimenting and flip-flopping around. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna do this to the highest level that I possibly can. And to do that, I gotta go find people who have mastered the game and I gotta learn from them. And I just started simple. I just said, I'm just gonna go to training courses. I'm just gonna take every class that I can. And what I did when I went, I'd sit down with someone and I'd, I'd kind of scan the room. I look at someone who kind of just had the, the look of someone who was confident. They had their act together. They kind of knew what they were showing up to do. And I just sit next to them and say like, at some point in the day, I'd say like, hey, how's it going? Like, what have you learned? What's working for you? Here's what we're doing. Like, you know, do you mind sharing? We just kind of pass ideas back and forth. And I did this for a few months. And after a couple months, I went to a whole bunch of training. 
started to notice things. And from talking to people, I, I really started to notice some consistencies. All the people that were confident, that had businesses that seemed predictable, that they knew what was actually going on, they were just rudderlessly kind of floating through life. They all said the same thing. You gotta take control of your schedule. So I, I decided just to make one change to get started. I said, I'm gonna just take charge of the way that I use my time. Because at least if I do that, then I can use the time that I have to, to move the other dials in my business. And I said specifically that the, the time that I put into my business, I was gonna reserve the, power, the most powerful times of day for me, for, for fixing my goals, for getting what I needed, for growing my business. So what I did was I, I used the mornings as a way to grow my skills and grow my business. And the moment I did that, my business completely changed. I went from doing a few hundred thousand dollars a year between me and my business partner. We're doing two, 300 best case scenario. Our first year we did 560. The next year after that we did 880. Then we did a million, a million two. And what I discovered was that not only was this something that was really simple, but it opened up such an abundant space for me to kind of start to learn and grow that I realized I loved this part of it. It wasn't a burden that I would be learning from other people. It was like going back to school. I felt like a kid in a candy store. I just loved the fact that I could look at my business now and I could say, where are all the little gaps that I need to improve? And what could I do in each of those gaps to just get a little bit better? And from there, I mean, I, I grew a, a huge business in my early 30s. I had fun, I was always excited. I got to go back to experimentation and creativity, by the way, because I had the foundations in place that now I could compare against and, and tinker with. But importantly, I kind of discovered that this was one of my absolute favorite parts of my life was like learning and sharing. And through bringing people into my business and teaching them, I, I discovered that I wanted to move towards being in coaching. So why does all this matter? Well, I think first of all, that a lot of people struggle with the idea of going to class. They're like, I didn't get into real estate to, to sit through classes or to get help or, you know, it, the classic is the, the department in the bookstore that you go to if you want to learn about a, a subject like real estate. It's called self-help. It's like, ugh, why, why do they have to call it that? The whole thing is so cringy. Like, can't I just go out and do my job and, and that's good enough? And I think that a lot of people, if they actually just open their mind to it, they'll discover pretty quickly that it's actually really fun. It's really rewarding. And the best part is, is that it has a huge impact on what you get out of your business. So the first thing I try to help people understand when they're looking at growing their business or anything in their life is that the amount of time that you spend to grow your skill, to get better, to understand a new concept is so minuscule when you compare it with the amount of time that you spend doing the things that it's gonna make you better at. So think about this, most realtors, if they're diligent, if they're doing a good job, they should be spending somewhere in the area of 10 to 25 hours of their, their work week doing lead generation activities, calls, follow-ups, sending emails, stuff like that. So the stuff that you do to get deals on the table, that should be like hopefully half your time. Man, I'll tell you, if you spend three to five hours a week learning and bettering your skills, you will get so much more out of all that time. And it's, it's a tiny, tiny fraction. I'll, I'll give a concrete example. So I coach 
hundreds and hundreds of new agents. We've got programs that are literally designed to take 50, 60, 100 agents in at a time, and we just kick their butts. It's like a boot camp. So I know this. Uh, this isn't speculation. These aren't numbers that I pull out of a hat. This is actual real live data. If, if you take an average new agent, no skills, no scripts, no techniques, nothing, and you just plop them out on the street and you say, go meet the first 100 people that you can, ask them if they have any plans involving real estate and try to put them into your database. Out of 100, statistically, they're going to get between one and two people that have plans involving real estate that agree to go into their database and be followed up with. So that's a one to 2% conversion ratio. Here's the thing, that same agent, if he spent a couple hours with me and I shared my scripts and I gave them the questions to answer and we just worked back and forth on the way that they're communicating their dialogue, stuff like that, that same agent will turn around, they'll get between four and eight people out of that same hundred. So they'll, they'll go between four X and eight X on their conversion to putting someone in the database. So immediately you got as much as eight times more results for like an hour of time. Well, those hundred contacts took you like six or eight hours to do. So it's a tiny fraction to get a huge multiple of the results. It's completely unbalanced. But the cool thing is this, it's exponential. It's not just that they're going to get more people in their database because what happens after that? Well, the people that are in their database are more likely to book an appointment with them. The ones that they go to an appointment are going to be more likely to consider working with them and sign up. The ones that start working with them are more likely to price it right and negotiate smart. So at every point in, in the arc, there becomes this exponential growth. And that's what I find so exciting. Okay. So in doing all of this, what you start to realize pretty quickly is that you can use this as part of your plan for your business, for your life. So one of the tools that we use with our coaching clients at Endgame is we help people map out what we call a growth plan. And this is a plan where you look at what you want your life to be, what you want your, your business to be, what you want to be spending your time doing, what part of the business you're passionate about and you want to focus on. You start to look at what you want that to be in the future. And then you crunch it backwards and you say, okay, well, if I'm going to be that person, do that stuff, what do I need to do now and next year to get there? So here's how it works. And by the way, if you're listening to this and you want a copy of our growth plan, just reach out to us. Um, there's certainly ways to do that on our website, or you can email me, Sean at endgamecoaching.com. I would be pleased to send you a template that you can use to work through this, but it's really simple. All you're going to do is you're going to look at your goals for the next three years. I want you to grab three sheets of paper. The first one is going to be you three years from now, by the way, people ask me all the time, like, why are you obsessed with three years? And then the other thing that I have people ask me all the time is why are you obsessed with, uh, 12 weeks, right? What, what is it with 12 weeks? I'm like, okay, well, listen, first of all, I love planning 12 weeks at a time because it puts you in sprint mode constantly. There's a bunch of other reasons. I'm not going to go into them today, but with the three year mark, what I've found is that most people tend to gravitate towards one year or maybe five or 10 years. And they don't really take a lot of time to think about what other options there are. Well, here's the deal. You've heard it before. Bill Gates, Gary Keller, Tony Robbins, they all say some iteration of most people overestimate what they can do in a year and they underestimate what they can do in five, 10 or a couple decades. So a year you tend to over overestimate what you're going to do. So 
you might set all these goals and then be frustrated. It's not a very large amount of time to do something huge, but it's also too large of a time to do something immediate. It tends to take your foot off the gas in the immediate future, and it gives you so much leeway that you might drop the ball. Simultaneously, you're not gonna change the world in a year. So, what about five years? What about 10 years? Well, the problem with that is you don't know what the world, your life, your family, your, your business, you have no idea what it's gonna look like in five years. So trying to guess just means that we end up just usually throwing dumb numbers around. I'm gonna do 100 million whatever, or I'm gonna do this many that. So instead, what I've found is that three years is a really nice time frame because it's right about the furthest that our peripheral vision for our life is able to figure out. Usually you have an idea of what your family's gonna look like three years. You know if you're still gonna be in the same house. You have an idea of what your day-to-day -day should look like. And importantly, hopefully, you can think ahead a little bit of what you wanna be actually spending your time doing. And this is really important because if you look at your business, well, it's not just how much money you're gonna make or how many people or deals or whatever you're gonna have. It's also, where do you find your passion in it? Hopefully it's not just a business that is for a source of income. Most really high producers and successful people, they're in business because it fills their, their tank a little bit. Like it's something that they love, they feel challenged by, they're, they're passionate about. So look at your business and think about what you want your business to look like, sure. But then ask yourself too, what part of your business do you wanna be fulfilling in three years? What, what role in the business, on the team, do you wanna play? What are the things that you wanna wake up every day and skip to work excited that you get to do, right? And, and as you're doing this, a lot of it's gonna to start to fill itself in. The next thing that you're gonna do is you're gonna look at that and you're gonna say, okay, well, if that's what I wanna be doing, if that's where I wanna be, if that's what I wanna be achieving, like, what do I need to do the year before that? And that's your year two, to fill that in. And then you're gonna go back and you're gonna do the same thing for year one. What is the immediate plan that you have that you wanna make sure you reach? Like, what, what do you need to do this year in order to be where you need to be next year, in order to be where you need to be in the third year? And then the next question is ask yourself who you need to become to do that. So if you wanna be that role, that person, if you wanna be leveraged out to that level so you're not in it all the time, day to day, just grinding away, what do you need to, to have in place? Who do you need to hire? Who do you need to be leading? What kind of parent or, or partner or athlete do you wanna be in three years? These little things, need to start becoming part of your plan right now. I hope that you enjoy this. And again, if you want our template, just shoot me a note or something, I'll get it to you. We are happy to share this kind of thing, okay? And remember, as you're doing this, don't just list a bunch of business goals. What I find is more powerful is if you start with personal goals. So instead of starting out with how much money do I wanna make? I want 12 agents, I want this, I want that. Start out with what is important to you. What, what will make you feel fulfilled personally and then how does your business support that okay we're going to shift gears so now hopefully you have an idea of where your gap might be in terms of personal growth and the next thing that you're going to need to do is start to figure out how you're going to learn all this stuff so as the title implies in today's episode what i want to share are from my experience and I have a lot of experience buying educational products. I'm just gonna share that. Like I've done a ton of courses. I've been a ton of masterminds. 
I've had dozens and dozens of coaches. I love this stuff. I fly to seminars. I teach. I, I get teached. I get taught, <laughs> sorry. I, I, I teach, I receive te training and teaching. I, I absolutely adore this stuff, even though I can't say that word for some reason today. And so I think that on some level that makes me at least somewhat qualified to share the four highest return on investments you can make for personal growth. Where can you get the best return for not only the money that you spend, but the energy that you spend receiving that training? Okay, number one highest ROI you can get for the money and time that you invest is books. Books are unbelievable by their nature because of the fact that in order to write a book and in order to publish it, you need to spend so much time being certain that you've got it perfect. Um, because once you once you hit publish on a book, you can't go back and change a word. It's exactly what it is. You got a typo, that typo is going to go out to 5,000 people. So because of that nature, where there's just no turning back, people put so much time and energy into making sure that the messaging is concise and clear and perfect. And for that, that reason, books are an amazing source of knowledge. But the other thing is, they're insanely cheap. They're insanely cheap, okay? They, they're insanely cheap for the level and the quality of the knowledge that you can receive. But there's a catch. The catch is that they're, they're not as easy to implement because there's absolutely no accountability. The majority of books that people buy just never get read. And then even if you read the book, even if you're like, that was amazing, I'm so jacked about it, chances are most people don't actually follow through and do anything with it. I've read lots of books that I thought were great, but they didn't really change my, my path. They didn't change my activities. Maybe it was because they weren't what I needed in that moment, or maybe it was just because I was weak in that moment and I didn't have a, a place to create follow through in my life with that concept I was trying to work on. I will share some tactics that I use in consuming books that have made a big difference for me. First of all, I find that I'm a better auditory learner than visual learner. So I always start with audiobooks. I also am crazy busy. So usually I'm I'm my first go with a book is while I'm doing something else, most often it's going to be some form of exercise. So I'll be out for a run, I'll be at the gym, I'll be doing something that gets that checked off for the day. And while I'm doing that, I'm consuming some content. So I love books. I have an unlimited budget for audiobooks, and I'm constantly, constantly searching for recommendations. So if you have one, please give it to me. Um, as you go through Audible, one of the things you might not know is that you can drop bookmarks or, or notes. They changed the name recently, but anyways, you can put bookmarks in and you can title them. So as you're listening to the book, there are going to be things that you want to come back to. It could be a quote, it could be a concept, it could be instructions. Drop a bookmark and use it as a way to go back and make sure that you include notes on what it is and where you thought you'd use it. And then after that, there's a third step, which is after you finish a book, if it's something that you actually want to implement or if you want to understand at a higher level, purchase a physical copy of the book and listen to it again while doing the physical book in your hands. So go back to the Audible. Usually I'm listening to Audible on at least 2x speed and have the book in front of you and read through it while you're doing the Audible. What you'll find is it adds a visual accent to your retention. 
But importantly as well, if it's a book that has like images or graphs or explanation, it's going to let you actually go through those without having to try to visualize it. And you can pause and go back and stuff like that. The other cool thing with books, like the physical ones, most people try to keep them pristine and I've never understood that. It's not that much money to invest when compared with anything else that you can do, like all the stuff I'm going to move to next. And frankly, like a book is something that should be used. It's not like you're going to have value reselling it. Scribble in it, draw on the margins, fold the pages, cut stuff out. Like who cares? Use it as yours and have fun with that. Why not? It's going to make it easier for you to return to and reference if you put stuff in there to help you. Okay. The second one is training. The second highest ROI you can get to grow your, your abilities, to grow your skills, to grow yourself is by attending training. So what's training? Well, first of all, training is a course, something that you would attend. Usually what you're going to find is that it's either a series of smaller sessions or it's one big chunky session, like a, a one or two day thing where you go sit all day. And this is amazing in terms of a way to get the foundations into your business. Training will usually either be large and broad and conceptual or it'll be niche. So if you're getting started and you're just trying to figure out the basics, and when I say that in real estate, like if you're not already doing 100, 200,000, chances are you still need some of the basics. Okay, so training with us, for example, our, our core product is our Endgame Academy. And this is a daily course where agents every single day are doing skill building. And then once a week, they're attending a class where they mastermind, they work through projects and they implement the fundamentals of the business. This is a great example of training because all we're doing is we're installing the fundamentals. It's a great start. It gives you all the tools that you need and you've got now the, the fundamentals in place and those things don't change. They're evergreen. It's the simple tried, tested and true things that I wish I learned in the first four years of my business before that awful day when I, I got that, that paycheck. So something like that is a great place to start. But then what usually happens is you start to understand the business more and you start to get an idea of what you want your business to look like. And this is where it gets really fun because you shift from doing the fundamentals, the, the, the broader, um, like overarching themes to whatever it is that you're, you're learning and you start to niche. So what is it that you want to be exceptional at? Is it the leadership side? Is it the, the sales side? Is it hosting a great open house? Is it understanding social media? Is it hosting events? Go find someone. I guarantee there's someone who's done what you're trying to do and offer a course at a really high level. And it's super affordable by comparison to getting them to teach you one-on-one -on -one because they're able to do one to many. Okay. Training is amazing. And it is for sure where you should go right after you've read some books and got the fundamentals from that. I'll also share a lot of people who offer amazing training have also written books on the subject. So if you're trying to figure out where to start, like go read a good book on the subject you're looking into. There's a, at least a moderate chance that that author has some kind of course you can buy as well. The number three thing that you can do to, um, to great, grow your skill level is to attend seminars. This is the third highest ROI. This is and I should say, I'm going to pause. I keep on saying the third highest. It's actually not in any particular order. I actually think that the last one is where you'll get the highest return on investment. 
um, even though it's the most expensive, but I'm just in order. The, the third point on my list is seminars and, um, and retreats. So what's the, difference, what's the difference between this and training? Well, typically this is gonna be something that is less often that it's offered and it's more expensive and it's typically some kind of a summit. It's like something that you're going to go travel to and immerse yourself in for somewhere between two and five days and you're gonna learn a huge amount. You're gonna overwhelm your senses with new knowledge and then walking out of it, you're gonna, you're gonna go back and do, most often you come home and you do like a reset. So what does this look like? Well, a seminar or a convention or a retreat is usually gonna be, like I said, three to five days. It might be broad and just be on the topic of the business that you're in in general. Often though, it, it might niche down a little bit more, but it's never gonna get too, too specific. Like it's never gonna be like, hey, this is a whole seminar just on this one particular thing. It's usually gonna encompass a, a, at least a body of subject. The cool thing with these, the thing that's amazing about these is they will often go find the absolute leaders, the world's best on a given topic, and they're gonna have them just come and download everything that they know on you. They'll often give more than they'd give in one of their courses or to their private coaching groups because they're just gonna dump because they know that it's an opportunity for them as much as you because you're gonna get all this knowledge, but you'd also be attracted to them. So it's a great way to kind of test out a bunch of different leaders and see whose style you really engage with. Seminars also are wildly, wildly inspiring. You, you leave with this huge, huge base of new knowledge. You get to see people who are at the top of their game sharing exactly what they're doing. And usually it includes a little bit of, of that, you know, inspirational juice. Like they'll have someone come up and just kind of pump you up and get you really geared up. So when you go home, you actually do something with it. I love these events. They completely, um, they completely shift your perspective. So when you get back home, everything you were focused on that was overwhelming you before seems really small. And it's, it, it gives you the chance to kind of like step back and go, why am I even focusing on this shit? I need to go there. Like I need to move ahead, okay? And then also with these large group gatherings, the networking opportunities are amazing. There'll be subgroups that meet up and mastermind. There are dinners that you end up getting invited to. There's people that, I've made lifelong friends. I've made amazing connections. I've, I've learned so much just from the people that I met that that alone would have been an amazing investment. And then all of the knowledge and the inspiration and everything else you get is just like the cherry on top. The fourth, number four, the final high ROI place that you can go to grow yourself. And this one has three different things that I'm kind of lumping into one category because a lot of the time people don't know what the difference is between the three of them. So I'm gonna just, I'm gonna put them all together. I'm gonna to talk about what each of them are and how I've interacted with them because I think all three of them are awesome. I've had a ton of success in using all three but it's important that you know what they are and that way you can kind of guide yourself to figure out like when do I use each one. So the, the number four, the final top ROI place to grow your skills is mentorship, consultants, and coaches. Okay, so what's the difference? First of all, what's a mentor? Well, a mentor is a lot like a coach, but there's some really important difference. 
A mentor is someone who has a lot of experience and wants to give back. And if you're fortunate, they choose to support you. It's a much more casual relationship though, because they're not accountable at all to your results and you have a lower level of accountability, uh, accountability to them. It's not really an accountability conversation. It's someone who wants to share perspective and give back. And in, in trying to do that, they've chosen to share their perspective with you. It could be a leadership individual in your, in your brokerage or in your business. It could be an old friend. It could be someone you know or someone from your greater sphere that understands business and just wants to help you. And it is an amazing opportunity, but it doesn't come with any accountability. If you're fortunate enough to find someone who's willing to mentor you, one piece of advice that I'll give you is live up to your commitments. If someone decides to do this for you and give this to you, it is a gift. And if they see that they're spending their time with you and you're not spending the time to implement what they're teaching you, why would they want to continue giving you their time? It would be an insult to themselves to continue. So if you do find a mentor who's supporting you, follow through on it. Otherwise, they're not gonna be there for long. The second one is a consultant. And what a consultant does is, is much more short-lived in its lifespan. A consultant comes in and you pay them to help you with a specific problem. I'm having trouble with retention of my staff. I can't get my payroll organized. I'm having trouble with my marketing. I need help building a plan. A consultant will come in, they'll interview you, they'll talk to your team, they'll look at what you're doing, and they'll make recommendations. The thing with a consultant is that once they've made their recommendations, typically they're gone. They see the problem, they give you an idea of what you need to fix, and they step out of the way and they say, best of luck. These can be great. And it can be an amazing way to just solve a problem quickly. They're typically not cheap, but that's okay. It's a good investment if you get the right one and you know that you're solving a problem that will bring back enough to offset the investment that you made. The third is coaching. And coaching is, again, very similar to mentorship. You've got an experienced person who's leading you. They're gonna, they're going to teach you what they know. They're gonna guide you along your path. And importantly, they're gonna hold you accountable to what, you, what your priorities are. They are more of a partner in your success than a mentor because they, they need to see those results. Otherwise, it doesn't justify their ongoing relationship with either of you and, and you'll both become frustrated and it won't last. A coach is someone who is there for a much longer part of your journey and a good coach is going to guide you not just on one aspect of your business, but on your business as a whole, your life, the way that you balance things, and they're gonna make sure that you're not falling off track. They're watching over your shoulder. So how do I recommend interacting with all three of these? Well, I'll say this, I always have a coach. I personally find that it's really what keeps one foot in front of the other for me. It gives me a sense of uh, structure that I always know that there's someone else I'm coming back to that's gonna help me and support me in it. And, um, and throughout my life, I've, I've often had multiple coaches. I might have a coach who focuses on my, my business and another one for my health. I might have a coach who's helping me with recruiting and another one who's helping me with marketing. I love this conversation because it gives you typically a, a really nice cadence where you're always working on something that you just spoke to them about and thinking about what you want to cover on your next call. It's an amazing investment. And with that, it's usually something that is more expensive. Don't trust a coach who's cheap. Why would you want to hire someone who can't afford to charge a high rate for themselves? You want someone successful. So when you're ready to hire a coach and it'll be 
the by far the highest ROI that you possibly can find. And if you don't have the budget yet, go take training, sign up for a course, find a mentor or, or read a book. So, so build your way up to this one. So how do you interact that with uh, a mentor or a consultant? Well, first of all, you can have a coach who's holding you accountable and building your plan. You can also have a mentor who you just check in with a few times a year on the big picture. This can be a fabulous, fabulous balance. And consultants, I like to use on areas that I'm not interested in. So I personally, you know, there's certain things in business that I don't care to master. I would rather have someone help me with them. So what I do is I focus with my coach and the training and courses I'm taking to get really good at the things that get me excited that I want to do. I want to jump out of bed and go do that every single day. I'd be happy to do it for another five years. I work with my coach and I attend courses and seminars and training on that. And then there's the other stuff that I find kind of, you know, boring or I'm just not interested or it's not something that I would flip the pages in a book very quickly. And I'm going to hire a consultant to help me with that because I don't want to build myself a world where going back to the growth plan, I don't want to build a plan where I'm inserting myself in something I don't enjoy and building the plan around me becoming good at it. That just to me is sounds awful. I, I know as well, if I focus on the things that I love and I leverage the rest out, I'm going to build a better business. I'm going to make more money. I'm going to be more fulfilled. I'm going to love every part of it more and it's going to work better because I'm going to be in my sweet spot. So I bring consultants in to fill gaps either where I'm just not great at something and, and I, I could get better maybe, but I don't want to, or I just suck at it and I'm going to own that and be okay with it. So what do you do with all this? Well, take a step back, go back to your growth plan and look at what you need to do in the short term, long term and midterm future in order to be who you want to be and get what you want. And then start planning where you can find that stuff. Read some books, go to a course that fills the gap for what you need right now and start reading a book on the thing that you need to learn about next year and the year after, because that's going to point you with more accuracy to what you need to find next year to get your skill from basic to excellent. Have fun with it. Like I said, you know, I never really thought this was going to be something that would be such a huge part of my life. And then the, the more and more that I got into it, I fell in love with this. And now I look forward to when I can travel and learn and, and network and interact and ask questions and be participatory in, in a high level conversation with amazing people. It's fun. Find something that you're passionate about and it's not going to be work to learn and, and grow that muscle. And most importantly, just choose one little thing you can do right now. Don't try to wait and, and overbuild this plan. Don't say, I can't start until blank. Just find one little thing you can do right away and do it. That way, you'll actually start moving things forward. And if you aren't sure what to do next, do the growth plan. You can do it on three sheets of paper if you don't want to wait for us to send you back a, a template. And if you do put something together, I would love to offer to take a look at it. So shoot me a note and me or one of my teammates will jump on and, and help you crack the nut on where your blind spots might be. If there's anything else you should add, or if you can pull a couple things out and simplify it and just keep you in your sweet spot while you're on this really fun and exciting journey you get to go on. As always, I'm so grateful that you took just the time with me today and I'm looking forward to our next one. The next one we're going to talk about our environment, the people, the, the places, the, the, the area that we build our lives in and how that affects us getting what we want. You're awesome. 
I appreciate your time and I'll see you soon. Thanks.